0: You're listening to Pop Culture Fanatics, a podcast for the crazy fan in you. hey what's going on everyone and welcome back to another great edition of nothing to watch brought to you by pop culture fanatics the only podcast for the fanatic inside of you it's your leader of the autobots himself mr rodimus prime val cisco and we're here to talk about you guessed it transformers not just any transformers the War for Cybertron Trilogy. We're going to deep dive into all three of the series that came out. Very short series. And we're going to do a quick review of how I felt about it. What it means to pop culture in the mainstream. And what's going to happen going forward in the Transformers saga. So, if you guys are not familiar with Nothing to Watch, well, we grab something that's either on a streaming service, TV, or what have you, a DVD, we'll pop that in as well too, and we'll talk about something that you have maybe not watched, and we'll kind of give you the elevator pitch, and hopefully you guys will take a listen, take a look, and we'll see what happens. So, let's get down to the nitty gritty, because I've been wanting to talk about this for the past year. I wanted all three seasons to come out because, like I said, they're very short seasons. Three seasons with six episodes each, compiling of 18 episodes. Almost a three-hour to four-hour movie, right? And you gotta say, if you're a Transformers fan, especially of the G1 series, you are probably hyped with this. A little backstory about me and Transformers. I was born in 1987, not to age myself whatsoever, but hey, there you go. So I wasn't there for the wave. You know, the influx of Transformer mania that was happening with the G1 series. Unfortunately, I saw a lot of reruns going, growing up in the 90s. Now for me, the pan-ultimate uh, uh, season or v- uh, version of Transformers, if you will, will always be Beast Wars. That's just me. That's just my preference. I'm not saying one's better than the other. I'm just saying for whatever my generation grew up with we saw beast wars and not to say we didn't see g1 transformers whatsoever we did you know i remember fondly watching transformers when i was younger watching reruns hell i remember watching the transformers movie and seeing optimus prime die spoiler he does it (laughs) in that movie uh and the crazy unicron and stuff like that but you know and rodimus prime taking the the helm of optimus prime As a leader of the Transformers. Like, definitely. Like, I was there. Uh, I remember seeing it. But my stuff was Beast Wars. Seeing Cheetor and Dinobot and (laughs) ratatat Not (laughs) ratatat And different things of that nature. Optimus Primo. Megatron, the T-Rex and whatnot. Um, You know, seeing Rat Trap and whatnot. Just so many different um, variations of different characters as well, too. Just really... I don't know. It, it captivated me with the CG animation that was very big for its time as well too. If you were in love with this, you were probably in love with reboot as well too. And the the themes, the live or die situation with the primitive species, prehistoric species, just really blew my imagination. The toys were there. I remember so many Dino Bot toys I had, Black Arachnia toys I had, Scorpinox toys I had the megatron with the t-rex hand, so fucking great that was my generation right there i remember growing up with that leading into the transformers movies in the early 2000s and i remember watching these movies and i will admit that first movie by michael bay had me by the balls i loved it was it different you know did optimus prime have flames on his truck yeah was bumblebee a little weird because he had a radio um as a voice he had to change stations yeah that was cute um. Yeah, but I have I just had a lot of fun with that movie. You could take the Megan Fox and uh, the Shia LaBeouf at the equation, but I had so much fun with that movie. So, um, going into that and having fun with Beast Wars and that first movie, I was just in Transformers mania. But then, of course, things started dwindling. I did not care about the sequels in the movie. I did not care about the other animated series that came out because just like transformers and you guys are here because you know transformers any kind of toy line that comes out or or refresh or reboot in the franchise when it came to the toys a new series would come out as well too and of course they were catering to a certain demographic over and over and over and over again and as i grew older i felt like the transformers weren't growing with me and you know that's not sad to say honestly, I was getting older. Transformers were marketed to kids. Kids buy toys, rock and roll. That's how it goes, right? Um, and even with the movies that were coming down, they had their own adult themes. I just wasn't captivated by the sequels. I felt like they lost some of the the essence of what made Transformers so special. Um, the heart, the all spark, if you will, <laughs> of of the Transformers. And I felt like the movies, even though they had a lot of comedy and some good callbacks um they just weren't my cup of tea and seeing Mark Wahlberg you know with Merlin Sword Battle uh Transformer was just not my cup of tea as well too you know I saw it as Transformers fan but just wasn't my thing whatsoever I'm sorry we got Grimlock yes but meh just an Optimus Prime riding Grimlock down a fucking mountain which was epic but it just wasn't for me fast forward to 2018 where we had some news that netflix was gonna release a new transformer series based on the g1 characters and i got excited because right then and there like a, a it was a good mix of nostalgia with bringing in or ushering in new fans of the product you know you already had a game of war cybertron as well too which was fantastic for the xbox 360 and other systems as well too And that gave you a great look at what Cybertron was, the civil war, the civil unrest that was happening on the planet, and all the minutiae that came with that as well, too. So having that game and knowing that this was going to come out as well, too, which has no correlation to the game whatsoever besides the name, um, it brought my love back for Transformers. When I saw the trailers for this show... And I promise we're going to get into this. When I saw the trailers for this show, I it blew me away because it brought me back to a crisp CG animation. But it felt very familiar, very nostalgic. At the same time, it felt like we took steps forward into animation. At least in Siege. We, in that first season, we did. Um, I loved how it just was a, a style of CG animation mixed with the shell, uh, shell- shading animation as well, too. You kind of get that with Ultraman and the Godzilla uh, Planet Earth series as well too which I wasn't fans of but this I felt like mixed it perfectly together now with the voice acting you were getting the likes of Peter Cullen of course you know this was a very expensive show if you look at the animation alone so of course if you probably would have got Peter Cullen you would have been charging out the ass <laughs> for Peter Cullen to come in you probably wouldn't have enough money to cast anyone else right but it's okay because we had a an eclectic group of individuals that did their best to either pay homage to the likes of peter cullen um but also went their own direction as well too now this has a lot of criticism if there's anything that this whole show from season one to three uh every episode which are six episodes 18 episodes in total was the voice acting they're gonna be characters that you fall in love with because it makes you uh, reminiscent of the old days of g1 hell even in in the 90s as well too we'll get into that as well too Um, and there are certain characters that are like what why why did you go in this direction as well too we'll get into that as well but let's talk about Siege because Siege was the first season and Siege blew me away Siege was something that was fantastic Um, different bleak and dark you know when we're looking at the audience rating itself the audience gave it a 76 on Rotten Tomatoes uh, percent out of 100 critics gave it 88 percent so it was highly favorable but let's get into it let's talk about the the show itself let's let's get into what happens in siege so a little information for it in the final hours of the devastating civil war between Autobots and Decepticons, the war that has torn apart their home planet of Cybertron is at a tipping point. The two leaders, Optimus Prime and Megatron, both want to save their world and unify their people, but only on their own terms. In an attempt to end the conflict, Megatron is forced to consider using the AllSpark, the source of all life and power on Cybertron, to reformat Autobots, thus unifying Cybertron. Outnumbered, outgunned, and under siege, (laughs) haha. The battle-weary Autobots orchestrate a desperate series of counter-strikes on a mission that, if everything somehow goes right, will end the unthinkable choice, kill the planet in order to survive. So already, heavy themes, genocide, um, uh, world destruction, civil unrest, um, ideologies clashing, so many different dark themes that we, as, as, in the real world can't even deal with on a day-to-day basis, but this show does it well, and in six episodes, it gives you a great look of what Cybertron is, what it went through, who these characters are, if you're new to the franchise, and who they are as well, too, if you are fans of these characters. So many different characters show up on this as well too. You have the likes. So many from Optimus Prime of course to Wheeljack to Starscream Bumblebee uh Megatron Ultra Magnus Soundwave Soundwave uh, I can't do the voice. Jetfire Impactor Ratchet um shockwave a mirage and the list goes on as well too i mean alito one um the 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 relationship with alito one and optimus prime is very prevalent from the first season to even the last season as well too just so much heart between those two characters and you kind of get a payoff toward the end a tad bit of the will they won't they in a way or if it's love or if this is platonic you kind of get that toward the end so you get a mass array of different characters on Cybertron the voice acting like I said a little bit a little to be desired for I mean uh um, I'm probably gonna botch names because I always botch names but Jason Marnocha <laughs> Marnocha plays the voice of Megatron who definitely feels very regal very ominous as well, too. Like, there's something behind his voice, and I appreciated it, because you felt the gravitas of the character. And then when you go to, um, you know, other characters, like, um, Jake, um, Jake Forshee? 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 Forshee <laughs> uh Played Optimus Prime. I felt like they were, he, well, he was trying to do a Peter Cullen light voice, and maybe... With the distortion that they implemented in the voice as well, too, it kind of took away from what you want to feel from Optimus Prime. And if anything, he felt it just did not feel like Optimus Prime throughout the whole series. It felt like someone was trying to play the character without actually playing the character. If that makes sense, you know. Sometimes when you listen to a voice, you instantly can see or picture the character it's, it's not even acted anymore you're embodied in it and I felt like with this version of Optimus Prime I felt like we were trying to channel Peter Cullen and they all do but at the end of the day it just did not work for me um, everyone else's voice is pretty decent in Siege as well too I enjoyed it uh, Bumblebee's character arc I loved as well too of being this like Switzerland uh, while the Civil War is happening he's someone that you know is, is a little bit of a scrapper a little bit of a rebel, a little bit of a rogue, does not want to be involved in war, just wants to trade and take jobs and get paid and call it a day. I love how the fact that he's sucked into the Civil War as well, too. Um, I love the backstory of Megatron. You get, for people that don't know the backstory of Megatron, you get a a nice full-fledged arc for him as well, too, which, in six episodes, to do that, that's a credit to the writing right there, of seeing Megatron as this war Not even a war hero, I can't even say that, just a gladiator, a gladiator um, that was a slave at one point, and of course, works his way through the Coliseum to become the champion of Cybertron, and this champion who has the people who are already living in civil unrest because the powers that be are just deeming them down, he is the one to voice his opinion to say change needs to happen, freedom needs to happen for everyone, Autobot, Decepticon alike, right? So in some cases, Megatron in the early episodes is depicted as a hero in a way, even though we are the, the fans, or even not the fans, know that this guy's a villain, he has heroic tendencies. That's the mark of a brilliant villain is when the villain themselves feel that they are right that they are in a just cause raz al ghul perfect villain he always thinks he's doing right by the world even though his tactics are dirty and evil love it love it love it but he had a fantastic arc where you look at optimus prime and he is set on his own idealistic journey as well too of Well, if if that's happening and Megatron is doing things his own way, I don't agree with that. And because I don't agree with that, I need to start a rebellion before he gets too out of control. And at this point, it makes you feel like Optimus Prime has good intentions in a way, but also is starting to ruffle the feathers, starting to stir the pot in a way where had he did things a little more diplomatically it would have been a little bit easier to have a conversation with the Decepticons and maybe have peace because he went a little radical because he threw the first punch because he was the one that wanted to start a revolution his way and on his terms this is why we had a war between the Autobots and the Decepticons thus putting a lot of blame throughout the whole series a lot of blame on Optimus Prime I love it. I, I like seeing Optimus Prime cast almost as a villain or hero or reluctant hero in a way. So I think season one, I'm going to say it right now, I enjoyed it. Six episodes. Guys, go watch it. It is fantastic. It is fun, dark, gritty, with a lot of different callbacks. If you're into Gen 1, you're going to love this series, you're going to love everything about it. So me right now, season one, I'm going to give that 2.5 Golden Popcorns. Because I feel like with the callbacks, I feel with the the great writing, the animation, that kind of trumps the bad voice acting. And it's just quick, easy, and a fun ride to deal with. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I know a lot of people are going to say the second season is better. And we're going to get into it. Whatever is out there, download it. It's freaking phenomenal. You guys won't regret it. Take care. Ciao. Alright, so let's talk about Season 2, Earthrise. Because I know from the interwebs out there, people say that this is the better season out of the three. I'll let you judge right here. The war for Cybertron continues. With the second chapter, Earthrise. With the Allspark gone, Megatron is forced to confront the harsh reality that his Decepticons are trapped on a dying Cybertron. While also fighting off the persistent threat of Alita-1 and her Autobots. Meanwhile, lost in the darkest reaches of space, Optimus Prime and his team embark on a desperate mission. That will push them to the breaking point as they travel to uncharted worlds facing mercenaries and figures that even challenge their own way of thinking about their own creators. So right there, I'm, I'm, I'm already invested. Invested because we're getting space pirates essentially now after Optimus Prime um, goes through the, through the space tunnel, through the space station through the portal as well too we get getting into another part of the galaxy where there's mercenary transformers out there just looking for scrap love it love it love it you got space pirates fantastic but what really intrigues me is this yes we get the optimus prime storyline of him trying to find the allspark because of course in the last episode of Siege, we had to see Optimus sacrifice the Allspark, throw it into a portal, and then follow the Allspark as well, too, to get it away from Megatron, and get himself away from Megatron as well, too, in a losing effort. So with that, we're seeing a dying Cybertron, a depleted Cybertron. You're seeing, which was very interesting to me, the real rise of Megatron, in a way, where yes he finally has the the world to himself essentially right and he's basically trying to keep cybertron afloat um him and shockwave are trying to design plans to to develop more energon so that way life could be sustained by taking autobots and draining them out of life so that way he can use that for different Maybe Decepticons or the planet itself. So I found that pretty interesting as well too. I also found very interesting that there's different parts or sectors that the Decepticons are trying to, I guess, power up Cybertron themselves. And he has to make radical decisions, like a dictator in a way, uh, to sacrifice certain sections, to sacrifice lives, Decepticon lives, in order for the future to prevail. I found that pretty well... Organized and written as well too. Just the 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 fall from grace of a leader who had pure ideals is now trickling down and becoming more savage and savage as the days grow longer. And um, I just love to see the fall from grace of a of a villain who thinks they're right and ultimately sees the wrongdoing and accepts the wrongdoing itself. I also love the fact that we got an arc with a leader one, and as a leader and her version of the Autobots, as well, too, that are left on Cybertron, fighting a losing battle against the overwhelming force of the Decepticons. I absolutely loved it. I loved the, the you know, the defected, um, Jetfire going to the Autobots and, you know, working with them as well, too. I love the fact that there is a lot of, genius genius writing when it comes to the infiltration and sacrifice and what it means to actually win a war what it actually means to fight on the same side there's there's themes of of being together fighting as one where you're seeing alita and her autobots saving the septicons from being enslaved themselves and coming as one to take down megatron and shockwave as well too i thought it was fantastic and of course the ultimate decision to sacrifice mostly everyone decepticons and autobots all together to power up his own ship to chase optimus prime and the allspark as well too i found that pretty damn exciting um what i did not like i will say even though i was excited for it was the space pirates the mercenaries I did not care for them whatsoever. And although they had great uh, throwbacks to um, Transformers, the movie, uh, maybe I just... It it didn't do anything for me. I mean, we got to see um, Ultra Magnus. We got to see things with um, Optimus Prime going into the Dead Universe as well, too, trying to discover... Uh, what what his powers are Why he's chosen as a prime I get it um, A lot of themes of uh, Belief A belief system Believe it in yourself I, I totally get it um, uh, I, I just feel like It wasn't for me It wasn't for me I, I wanted a little bit more And although there are great little like Easter eggs that do happen in this um, there are just many things that I just did not care for. Or I just felt like it was slowing it down. Um, a person that, that enjoys... Cost and consequences. I feel like there were too many deaths in this story as well too. I feel like it was rushed. This, if anything, this felt the most rushed. Out of all three seasons. Because I feel like we need to get this middle section. The body of the series. The body of this movie essentially. Um, going. To the next part, because I think people were really anticipating what the next series would be. So we just need to get off this hump a tad bit, which was unfortunate. Um, I feel like instead of a great story about war or, or the fall of Cybertron, the series just shows a lot of characters from the old series hoping to gain some nostalgia in a way. Um, it's a filler season. I mean, yes, you get things like Skylinks, which is fantastic, but eh. Did not care for the Skylings character as well, too. Um, like I said, the things that I cared about the most, me personally, of this season, uh, was Megatron and Alita 1. Hell, um, Ultra Magnus' head on, on Megatron's table as he talks to Ultra Magnus, saying, like, um, you know, basically his confidant, even though it's a dead head, of uh, what to do or how to take care of Cybertron or how to find Prime was very deep and disturbing. And I feel like we needed more of that instead of what we got with the existentialism that we had in the Dead Universe. Um, and the space pirates as well, too. I just felt like, yeah, it was fun to see. Um, but at the end of the day, um, was it needed? Not too sure. But nonetheless, I had a lot of fun watching this this season. It kind of flew by fast as well, too. Um, I recommend it. I, I'm going to give it two golden popcorns I, I couldn't give it the half right there because there were a couple of things that took me away from the series that just i personally didn't need um but it was still a fun series and all in all you know the critics gave this 86 percent fans gave it more of a 62 percent score so even though fans are saying this was their favorite of the seasons it just seemed like the general consensus was probably this is the most filler out of both of them. But Earthrise, fun. If you guys get a chance to watch it, please do because um, there's some great callbacks. I don't want to spoil too much of it, but there's some great callbacks, great characters, great character death as well too of Megatron and Alita 1. And that final scene of just, um, essentially the death of Cybertron in a way. You know, um... Seeing Cybertron um, basically fall, seeing things blow up, seeing life essentially end—that was that was intense to see. There's a nice little caveat with Galvatron as well too. We could definitely get into that in the next season right there. Um, cults too, of course. Uh, Unicron, which definitely was a big thing as well too. So let's get into the uh, final season right here, which was war for uh, cybertron kingdom now this right here where my fandom exploded because when i saw the trailer for kingdom which came out of course in 2021 recently i lost my shit i lost my shit because this was the transformers essentially going into a portal time traveling from the dead universe to earth where we got to see the characters from beast wars i lost my shit seeing characters like optimus primal cheetor you know and so on and so forth i lost my shit seeing megatron in the t-rex form fantastic black arachnia fantastic dinobot fantastic Everything about this series was something very special to me, myself, because I actually love Beast Wars. Now, there are a lot of flaws with this season as well, too. For a season that I thought that would have been number one for me, it teeters with season one, well, sorry, with two and this right here, like it fluctuates. I'm not sure where I put this, where I rank this, number two or number or number three, because of voice acting. I think the voice acting, to me, really just sets it off. I mean, when you have the the Predacons version of Megatron speak for the first time, you get to see the gravitas of the T-Rex, the purple T-Rex, which I fucking love. Um, you get to see the, the T-Rex head on the hand and whatnot, and you're just waiting for this badass, like, like almost like a Tim Curry voice to come out there, like, hmm. Um... It doesn't come. It's very much like a whiny version of of Soundwave, not the voice, but just how Soundwave acts. Like, I love you, Megatron. Don't worry, Megatron. Like you get that in a way. He doesn't feel like he's a leader. He feels like he's subpar, and maybe he's written that way because when we get actually Megatron following Optimus Prime and they both fall into this world, we get to see you know Megatron. G1 meet uh, Megatron for the the Predacons, which is fantastic as well, too. Hell, you even get three sets of Megatrons. You get him, Predacon, and you get um, Galvatron as well, too, which is a future Megatron. Um, So, that's a fucking mind blast right there. But uh i just felt the voice acting was just they, someone dropped the ball with this character like for an iconic character and you love this version if this was your megatron growing up you were pretty much disappointed because he's acting like starscream in a way rather than megatron uh Optimus primal as well too i just felt like he felt so underwhelming when you saw the character i mean i love it you got the the ape form as well too but I just felt like the voice acting and the way he acts, he doesn't feel like a leader. He feels more radical, unhinged a tad bit. You know, shoot first, ask questions later. I didn't appreciate that because, you know, my man Optimus Primal, you know, was the leader of, you know, come on now. Uh, we, 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 we No, no, the Maximals are like heroic. Yeah, they're a little sarcastic, but they're not radicals in a way. Um, so that kind of threw me off right there. But... I digress you got some good character development with the with transformers you got why the predacons and the maximals were there that this is the future as well sorry that these were characters from the future where uh cybertron has already fallen and they ended up on this planet which was the past before human existence was ever there so you know you gonna kind of have to get used to the minutiae of that right there but once you get past that you know, I, I love the fact that we get the scenery as well, too. I love the fact that, you know, with the rocky jungle terrain, um, the G1 Transformers are having a hard time keeping up with the, the Maximals as well, too, because they're so used to like transforming into animals like cheetahs and apes and things of that nature and rats and rhinoceroses that they can circle around the terrains in a different way compared to, of course, Transformers, which need a road. Um, so I found that pretty funny um i feel like the animation lacked a little bit on this um i'm not sure if they were trying to match the animation of the beast wars characters but i felt like something was lacking a tad bit maybe the budget just was when we did a tad bit and we got to this and this was the end result not too sure but the animation didn't look as crisp as the first two seasons um i felt like there was a lot going on with all the transformers all at once I understand what they were trying to do. The theme was bringing everyone together at one place. Um, I like the callbacks to to the Transformers movie with um, Unicron coming, the impending doom of Unicron coming. I like the fact that Galvatron basically tried to go into the past in the Dead Universe to warn Megatron of Unicron and basically giving him a diss like the almanac in Back to the Future 2 where every move every little thing that megatron does for at that point he knows so i found that pretty impressive as well too i feel like megatron was the star of the show his rise and fall in the show and rise again was pretty damn epic um but that being said little things did annoy me but i had fun with this season as well too it flies by pretty fast great interactions like hell ravager and cheetor squaring up against each other fantastic i never thought in my wildest dreams i would see that right there um see all megatrons kind of work together and then work against each other because they're all scheming fantastic um seeing the the plot with a black arachnia and starscream these characters who never win all the time battling together to betray both their megatrons in order to be their own leaders their own their own heroes their own story was fantastic starscream viewing uh the disc that megatron has about the future and about um unicron and him going crazy and trying to warn everybody of the impending doom i love that right there um of course dinobot Donald Bot's so essential to the to the series and beast wars his his defection from the predacons to the maximals is very it's like the best part of the story itself his death is one of the best parts of the story itself as well too you kind of get that in six episodes over here he doesn't officially um defect to the maximals but you get the will he won't won't he um essentially he's his own bot he's switzerland in a way but he does slide for justice, and I appreciate that right there. And, of course, he does have a death as well. And I think his death is probably the best part of the show because it's the most emotional part of the show where him him dying, sacrificing himself for the greater good, he um, has a conversation with Optimus Primal saying that there were so many times I wanted to defect. Uh, would you have taken me in? And Optimus says... Of course we would have, but you would have made a horrible maximal anyway. With like a slide joke, and then he passes. I found that just just as good as anything we saw in Beast Wars, right there. So that right there just brought it home for me. Um, episode five I felt like was a great wrap up piece. Like you wrapped up a lot of the, what was happening from the main story with with Cybertron, with uh, with the Predacons, with Megatron, with. Um, So many different things as well, too. I felt like it was just a good, 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 good wrap-up episode. Like, if you would have ended there with maybe a cliffhanger, I would have been fine. But we don't. We get into episode 6, where everyone basically is heading back to Cybertron with the AllSpark, trying to revive it. But we get into a world where... I guess this is maybe a a different time or a different place in the universe where, like I said, Cybertron has fallen. You have parts where Ultra sorry, uh, Alita One is dead on the floor and Optimus is basically crying because, hey, that was there, like that was the love of his life. There's even parts where Alita One's ghost that's in the AllSpark reaches out to Optimus Prime and says, you know, I always love you, which was very touching as well, too, um, in this season. But I felt like just that right there was something that I didn't need. I mean, we get some cool things, like we get um, uh, Nemesis Prime, which is the corrupted version of Optimus from the future, which, you know, all black, green eyes, fantastic to see right there. Um, You get Galvatron and and Nemesis Prime basically tag-teaming against all the Decepticons and Autobots, so I found that pretty cool, Optimus Prime and and Megatron working together to revive this planet was pretty cool and ultimately defeating both Nemesis and Galatron was pretty cool so that way um they can fort off the incoming danger of a Unicron. That was cool. Um having them both revive Cybertron and both saying, okay, well, you have your side, I, I have my side, but we could both come to peace. And Megatron is throwing slide hints like for now, things are peaceful, there's a big enough world. But we'll see. And it kind of ends right there. I love the little ending though of, of Unicron, I will admit. You know, basically saving Nemesis Prime and saving Galvatron. I'm um, saying that he tried to take over the universe. It didn't happen. He absorbs both of these characters and says we need to start over again. And it ends of that in that way. So I like that there's like almost like a multiverse version of Unicron, that doesn't matter what universe you're in, or what multiverse you're in, Unicron will come get you. So that was pretty cool. Uh, It doesn't really say that they're going to continue with the series for what I know so far, but I will say that I had a lot of fun with this series from back and forth from all three seasons. This season, I would say I give it a a two. Two golden popcorns out of three. It wasn't... it's on the same level as, as Earthrise to me, guys. Like, I enjoyed it, but at the same time, I felt like there could have been more, or it could have been better. Like I said, six episodes, there's not a lot of work with. The animation kind of kills me a tad bit, but the nostalgia is what picks it up for me, personally. And of course, like, with the audience scores, like, the audience gave this an 86. I think they gave it because of nostalgia references to Beast Wars, and... The critics loved it as well, too, at 83%, so definitely has a higher rating than Earthrise, but I feel like it's on the same level in in some ways, or sometimes even worse with the voice acting. But that's it. As a series whole, man, 2.5 out of 3 for all three. I enjoyed the hell out of this series. It went by so fast, and it made me crave more Transformers maybe want to watch more of this maybe want to go back in time and watch some g1s some some beast wars which are available everywhere and man i hope you guys go and try to find this series because it was pretty damn fun to watch um that's it for me guys hopefully you got your your transformers fixed the way i did um lucha val cisco on instagram lucha cisco on twitter um PCF Podcast on Twitter, PCF Podcast on Instagram and Pop Culture Fanatics on Facebook and Pop Culture Fanatics. We're on everywhere from I Heart Radio to Pandora, Spotify, Anchor, you name it, we're on it. So hopefully you guys come on by, come on knock on our door. And uh hopefully you guys um dig it as well too guys i am out of here hopefully you guys enjoyed this like i said these were my personal opinions not the opinions of everyone else if you want to disagree please reach us out there on the platforms whether it's the podcast whether it's the 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 ratings itself leave a star hell on on itunes or apple podcast leave leave a message let us know leave a comment tell us how you feel and of course on instagram as well too. Hit them DMs up. Anyway guys, I am out of here. Take care. That's all for now. Ta-ta for later. Ciao.